What did we just watch, Amy? We just watched The Ballad of Buster Scruggs from 2018? Yeah. 2018. Yeah. Really one of the early Netflix motion pictures that also got a limited theatrical release. Yes. To qualify for awards. Yeah, because you have to do that to qualify for awards, which is kind of silly at this point. um, It's like the latest film by Joel and Ethan Cohen. Is it the latest? Have they done one since? I I don't remember them having doing I don't either. But every time they come out with a movie, it's always a surprise to me. I'm like, oh, cool, they made another one. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, they're, they're writer-directors that I really appreciate, but I always, like, I don't follow their careers at all, so I never know when they're working on a new movie. It's always just, just like, oh, hey, up. a new movie. I feel like this was the next one after Llewellyn Davis. Uh, no, between Inside Lou and Davis and this was Hail Caesar, which is one of their weirder ones. That's and that's song. saying something. I've heard Hail Caesar. <laughs> I watched it once. I need to watch it again to understand, to decide if I like it, which is often true of Coen Brothers movies. <laughs> They're always a little bit tricky the first time through. Um, um, they're apparently working on a black and white version of the tragedy of Macbeth. That would be cool. I will. I would watch the heck out of that with Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand in the lead roles. Yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely watch that. I want to watch that. I definitely want when, to watch that. When does it that. come out? Come out now. Uh, of course, halted production because of COVID. COVID? Um, although they did finish production, actually, also in 2021, because the pandemic's been going on that long. So, who knows when it'll It's only out. been a month and a half into 2021. That's it. Well, yeah, but it was went through all of the year. Okay. Last year. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, we're, we're way off, uh, way what, off topic. What is time? Um, I gotta say, I really want to like this movie, but I can't, because the racism. There's a lot I'm, of racism. Really, maybe more downbeat than normal yeah. on this podcast about it. Yeah. There is some real good storytelling, but we should not be having this conversation about Native Americans. No, we should not. In 2021 or 2018 yeah. when it came out. Yeah. Like, I, I have I have no excuse or justification that I can come up with that, like, makes it okay. So this film is an anthology. Yeah, it's like seven short stories, six, six short story, a number of short stories <laughs> that are unrelated character wise, yeah, thematically not, related, thematically related, um, all in one two hour film. They're all westerns, mm-hmm. at, like peak nineteenth century westerns. Yeah. Um, and- and I think they're playing with that a little bit. Well, that's what I... So we watched the trailer to it, and I saw the Native American raids, and I, in my mind, I was like, well, clearly they're going to do something subversive with it. And then they didn't. Joel and Ethan Cohen, and they do subversive things, so they're going to say something about the Western genre and the whiteness of it and the misogyny and the racism, <laughs> and they did not. They did not. They did not do anything subversive. It was white the entire <laughs> cast and extras were white yeah that's not historically accurate by no the way. not at all um 
for um, listeners at home. Yeah, I I think the majority of cowmen, cowboys, cowpokes were, were not white. Black and Mexican and Mexican American. Yeah, it was a low class job. Yeah. Um. And I think even in the first segment, I feel like they were poking at that a little bit, and then they just didn't go anywhere with it. How so in the first segment? Well, the first, is, the first so, segment is the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yes. The, the eponym, eponymous. The yeah. epon, he, ugh, I can't put it in a sentence, though. The eponymous character. The eponymous character. The eponymous story. Yes. Um, I mean, so the, the first segment and the, the, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, I think... I almost want, I mean, like, these are very clearly in an order. Like, they're showing you a certain yes. order. And I think if I watched it again, I might have a stronger opinion about it, the effectiveness of that order. But you start off with these big sweeping vistas, Buster Scruggs in all white, like, pristine cowboy outfit out of a 1950s, 1930s Hollywood movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And very much poking at the sort of the idea of the singing cowboy and and the sort of ridiculousness of that. Um, and I kind of expected the rest of the movie to continue. It was a little goofy. Yeah, it was a little goofy and incredibly violent and sort of playing with those two things. And very clear tropes. White is supposed to be good. Mm-hmm. Black is supposed to be Bad. Bad guy. Good guy. <laughs> yes. Although we learn that Buster Scruggs is not in any particular way a good guy. No, no. He's, he's, <laughs> he's unnecessarily he's violent. <laughs> yeah. Unprovoked. Yeah. Um, and I appreciated that they were playing with that to a certain extent in that segment by itself. The rest of the movie stopped playing with westerns and was just westerns. It was just westerns. So, not only is the the style of the first one, and this is spoilers. If of you course, listened yes. Before. We spoil spoilers, everything. Um, and our first impressions of everything. It's so singing pristine white. That's kind of goofy. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, he's gets little, he he rises out of his body with his little corpse, angel wings yeah. and his little harpsichord. Yeah. It's not that's not a harpsichord. A harp. Yeah. Um and the song is about cowboys trading in their spurs for angel wings. Yeah. After again re reiterating that he is the good guy in this situation. Even yes. though you saw him being a bad person. Questionably murder someone. <laughs> the guy was holding a gun on him. Yeah. But um it seemed excessive use of force. Yes, was used, um, and so and it was it was goofy kind of CGI. You could definitely tell, mm-hmm. like a little cartoony, and the rest of everything was just straight western. Yeah, which is not in itself bad. <laughs> Bless you. But I expect more from the Coens to a certain extent, like being the people who play with genre to a certain extent like you look at the big lebowski is a stoner film slash like detective noir or like um oh what are i'm blanking on all the color of those movies like i think i think inside lewin davis does a really interesting job of sort of skewering the idea of the starving artist and and like 
saying it's like no it's just selfish like you're just being selfish because you think you have this sort of higher ideal of art and you don't like you that sort of stuff like there, there's more in it um even like true grit their previous western i think while being very close to a western like it wasn't the, the challenging that anymore i think the original novel rather than like the the film, the film that was made before theirs um brought a lot of nuance to that story um and i think maybe being in an anthology format they didn't have the space for that i don't know like i'm i'm wondering about it it's hard for me to comment in the oeuvre of the coen brothers films because sure. i don't know a lot of them and a lot of it's just because it's been too weird for me yeah. you know, in general <laughs> if it's a coen brothers film it's yeah not, they're pretty weird it's not really for me it's not um i'm not gonna enjoy it so much mm -hmm. um so i don't know inside of their yeah. other work well, fair enough but even to this speaking to this film they're straightforward <laughs> they are it's like such a riff, not even on spaghetti westerns. I I don't. It's not. It's uh, the western mythology that we get from those mid to late twentieth century western films. Yes, and it is a mythology. Yes, it is not history. No, and and this film I don't think was trying to be historical by no, any particular but it, it means. No, but it was. It was directly going into that western mythology yeah. that comes from, from the films i'm less familiar with the literature i'm assuming there was a large western literature component because the frame of the film is reading like this mm -hmm. book of short stories about the west yes i i yeah i know i mean the western novel was like in the same way that the Western movie was the superhero movie of its day, the Western novel was the comic book of its day to yeah. a certain extent. It was pulpy, they were quick, they were action-packed, you know, Louis L'Amour churned out thousands of them, I'm sure. Right. Um, and this felt very much a piece of that. Yes. Um, I, I was kind of, now that you've been thinking of mythology, I'm reminded of, of like... Um, Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology book, where he's like, I just wanted to tell these stories my way. Yeah. And so he did. Um, which is a good book. Like, that's fine. But there's nothing especially Neil Gaiman-ly about, about them. those yeah. stories. And that feels kind of like this to me. Like, this felt like the Coens wanted to tell some Western stories, so they did. It's just an homage. I mean, I thought, in literature, I'm not a huge fan of the short story format mm -hmm. which is largely because i want my novels to be like a thousand pages long because i get invested in yes. the characters <laughs> in the story and i want to keep reading and reading and reading that's why i love series mm -hmm. of novels so i can um get back to know the characters so um i have to take that with a grain but i still enjoy the short stories of this mm -hmm. i felt like thematically they fit i would have to sit and think more about the particular order yeah that they were in which is like it's such a shame because <laughs> i it's really such a shame have that there's so much racism <laughs> i really have to dismiss the film um i mean you can talk about the art making of it and why the stories a lot of the acting like the cinematography the music are all strong yeah they're just two scenes. The two scenes in the entire film. Yeah. 
that ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> and and like the on the one hand, like you can't excise those scenes from the stories they take place in because they are absolutely a core part of the story. Yep. Which which is a which makes it very difficult to just look past them and and ignore what's going on. Like you can't tell the stories they wanted to without the racism. Yeah, like you would just have to <laughs> cut those two stories out completely and tell different stories. <laughs> And have different. Yeah. Um, I mean, from a like a writing perspective, they could have written the stories differently. Sure. But that would be a big rewrite. Yeah. It would not be the same story. Um. Yeah. If it's, I don't think we've made it super explicit, but there is incredibly racist portrayal of of native populations. Right. You've seen this. Before every cowboy, the raiding plains Indians that are scalping and yelping, and 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 the term savages is used a lot to describe them. Yes, you've seen this a million times, yeah, and they don't do anything interesting with it, which is a shame. Like, it's just racism for the sake of it. Yeah, I hope it's obvious to you why this is a racist portrayal. But just to be clear, also, these white folks were settlers. They invaders. Were not they, they were invaders. <laughs> these were. This was not, uh, as was described at the beginning of one of the stories, land untouched by man. Yeah, pristine. These were never untouched by man. Yeah. I mean, maybe 100,000 years ago, um, yes. humanoids had not come over. <laughs> Homo sapiens had not come over the land bridge yet. Um, scalping was something that Euro-Americans did. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if it actually got picked up by Native Americans, but it was definitely used first. Yeah. Well, and, and you can't... By Euro-Americans. Present it uncritically the way this film does. They're clearly attacking the white people unprovoked. Yeah. There's never, there's never any context or humanity given to them. They show up as boogeymen and then disappear again, Um, which is not cool. You you can't just do that anymore. No, you can't. I mean, and I can't quite think of a subversive way, but I'm not the artist who's got my job. (laughs) Don't you love that kind of criticism? I'm not going to offer you suggestions because I don't. But what came to mind was... um, I don't like it in Westworld, how the Native Americans are portrayed mm-hmm. in the Westworld environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand that racist portrayal of them because Westworld is providing their customers with the Western mythology experience. Yes. Like, lifted from films and novels. And yes. And so that is what the so customers So you have to expect. have that. And it's very clear that the people who run Westworld are not good people. Yeah. <laughs> so their so portrayal they're, 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 of the androids in the spark is also bad. <laughs> is also bad. 
So yeah. it's not really subversive, no. but I better understand why that is being shown. It's justified in, by the story. In, you know, a 21st century <laughs> yeah. television show. Yeah. When you also pair it with having an all-white cast, mm-hmm. like, period. Yeah. That doesn't help. It does not. Um, Yeah, so I can't give straight answers on how to be... <laughs> How to be less racist in this movie? How to be less racist. Yeah, I mean... Yes, you. there's lots of things you could have done that were not this. Like, give me a Western story from the perspective of these groups. Like, of the world being invaded by outsiders. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, what is it like to be on the Oregon Trail... And that's just where you've lived for the last hundred years. And these people keep showing up and wandering through. Um, Like, I think there is, there is room for those stories if you want to play in this space, but you have to respect their humanity in a way that this movie does not. No. And you, and I, you don't have to be historically accurate in in your period films. I don't, um, I think it's a lot of fun to, to see the choices that are made that make them historically inaccurate mm-hmm. and why it's been made, I think that's just interesting. I'm not... Um, not a stickler. Not saying it's a good or a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but ignoring it is a choice. Yeah. And sometimes it ends up really hurting. Yeah. Um, so another thing about, I mean, the Oregon Trail, Oregon, Oregon as a state... <laughs> Was created to be a whites-only settlement. Yes. That's, that is a true fact. <laughs> it was a very racist. Yes. Founding. Something that is, it is impactful even in today. Like, that, that impacts the population that lives there now. Like, that, that is a thing. That not, not that everyone in Oregon is being intentionally racist, but we understand how generational racism is and systematic how it systematically impacts people and like the the example is that you know red line districts are three degrees hotter in 2020 because of racism (laughs) and it's just when you know these things it just paints a different picture when you see something like the oregon trail yes all by without any sort of commentary or anything it's just straight on we could have pulled this from the video game yeah yeah. Man dies of cholera. <laughs> Literally, like, like, the first thing that happens. Um, someone dies of cholera. Which is funny, like, in that sort of dry wit that I think a lot of times Coen Brothers have. And it was in this movie throughout. Like A lot of, yeah, dry wit. Which I enjoy. I like yeah. that. That's my kind of humor. But. Just, well, yeah, I mean, I like some of the stories. Yeah. It's hard to dive in and say why. <laughs> Um, I mean, part of me was like, I don't know if we should do this podcast because I don't really want to talk about it. We don't have to. Other hand, (laughs) I've only heard good things about this film. It won all these awards. And clearly, big surprise, Hollywood (laughs) is not thinking about racism (laughs) in its accolades and its critical reception. Um, did it get rated? Did it get awards? Oh yeah, it got lots of accolades, mm-hmm. lots of top lists, best best of lists, outstanding performances. It didn't win any of the Academy Awards, but nominated for a few. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I 
we can talk about the stories that didn't have any racism. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to say um, I did not know this is this is like super tangential, but I just want to mention it. Um, when I want to say it's Ethan Hawke, but it's not Ethan Hawke. James Franco. James Franco is on the gallows, and he goes first time. That's a meme. Like that's a that's an image yes. that gets shared all the time now. I didn't know it was from this, so that was an interesting, fun reveal. It's it was in the trailer, but it's often shared about the pandemic. Yeah, and, oh, first time. And it's comparison to or lack of comparison to the HIV/AIDS yeah. pandemic. Yeah, um, you have a lot of folks in the LGBTQIA community going for. Oh, you're, oh is this your first yeah. plague? Yeah, um, which is it's a good sarcastic response. Um, but that story had the racism in it, so. Yeah. And uh, and one of the weaker stories, too. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like just wasn't as interesting. Yeah, it's about a man who robs a bank and gets hung twice for it. Yeah. Well, kind of. Yeah. I just summed it up. Yeah, it's you did. I mean, stronger. that's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, one of the things, all of the stories are incredibly light in dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, there was even one, I think the one with the stage show has no dialogue short of short of the, the monologue the being the monologues and, and yeah um whatnot that the when, actor and, gives. when the chicken shows up the barker for the chicken oh, yeah, does have some lines yeah but that's not dialogue no these it's are not. not dialogue it is stage dressing i i liked that story a lot that was one of my, um, my favorite i did write stories. like this movie's depressing as hell yeah <laughs> after I mean, that part it's like we're a year into the pandemic we just had a natural disaster in the state of texas yeah like and i'm watching this film and going oh the lesson is humanity is terrible (laughs) yeah i mean that is the that is the lesson doomed that's kind of the lesson of it like all of these stories uh, end badly some of them are more dark than others yes but like the lightest one is the the gold panner the prospector and it's still real dark um the the all golden valley i think is what it's called i wrote down all the chapter titles so i could remember them when we talked about them uh all gold canyon was that one Mm. Yeah, meal ticket was number was the third one, um, which was the the performance. Yeah, and I was impressed. Like Liam Neeson was in that mm-hmm. one, didn't have any. Yeah, he had no lines. lines which um, I shouldn't like. They're not fifth graders in school play. <laughs> like good actors can play good roles with no lines. Yes, That's, of course they can. <laughs> but it still surprises me from time to time. Yeah. Um, and the performer was, I, I saw, I looked this up when I was looking at it, it was uh, Dudley Dursley from the Harry Potter movies. Oh, wow. <laughs> nope, I didn't. No, I, I wouldn't have that. recognized that. I saw it like after, after I was like, oh, I guess it was him. But watching him, um, and he did a really good job with a, a minimal dialogue role. Um, yeah, depressing as hell. <laughs> Where the story is told about a traveling uh, roadshow. Roadshow. It's just one man who sets everything up and one mm-hmm. man who performs, but the man who performs doesn't have legs or arms, so he's completely reliant on the other man to mm-hmm. take care of him and make some money in very harsh yeah, living conditions. And they tell the story through... 
their choice of which scenes to show you yeah. and the looks of people and that's it. And it, it was real darn good. Like if, if you had taken that out and just like had it as a short film, I think it would have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as a, as a piece of it, I, this is true of any anthology film book, what have you like the ups and downs make it hard to like pass an overall judgment on it. Yep. And then of course you throw in the racism and you go, well, just throw it out. Uh, <laughs> Um, there was no obvious racism in this one. Um, no. I kept watching, though. I was like, at some point, maybe... <laughs> maybe they'll fix it. Yeah, they didn't. Yes. They didn't fix the racism. An interesting depiction of... I mean, we talk about disability in that. Yeah. Um, that honored his humanity while still unfortunately giving him this sort of like very depressing ending that so often comes to disabled people in movies. Yep. Yep. Like, like even though you see it coming and you know what's happening, it's also like, we couldn't do anything more with that. Like we get this interesting introduction to him of this, you know, orator, this thespian um, who has found a way to survive in the world. And then he just gets thrown out. And that's the story. And that's not interesting to me from, from the perspective of, like, stories about disability no. either. Like, that's that's old hat. It's been done. It was done well, but I don't care that it's done well anymore. <laughs> like, telling a terrible story well is still a terrible story. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of where I was at. Because, like, you don't empathize with Liam Neeson's character much. Which mm, you're not supposed to. Right, no. But... Just empathizing with the disabled person doesn't make it a story that is like honoring that disability or or, yeah, any of that. So I was, I was annoyed by that. Yeah. (laughs) Even though it may have been my favorite part of them. Lots of mixed feelings. Yeah. Um. All depressing. It's interesting, and there aren't a lot of anthology films that I can certainly yeah. I can think of off the top of my not, head. But certainly not recently. Of. I think they've been around. Like you get, I can think of a few like amazing stories from the eighties or nineties. Was one that was directed directed at least in part by Spielberg. Um, there was a Twilight Zone movie, which was an anthology. Mm. Um, both of those were existed as anthology formats to begin with in um, either TV for the Twilight, uh, Twilight Zone or in magazines for Amazing Stories, which was a magazine to begin with. Um, so that translating them to the anthology format makes sense. And it, it's interesting when we have um, so many anthology series to to do it as a film when it's such a possibility to do it as a TV show. Yes. That, it would have been very different. Yeah. In fact, if it had been airing weekly, someone would have picked up on that second episode <laughs> with the raid, and, and the internet would have been upset. <laughs> yeah. Although we don't have a lot of episodic anthology shows right now, we have anthology from season seasons. To season. Yeah. Um, your your American Horror Stories or your Fargo's. Uh, well, we, we did get the reboot of Twilight Zone. We did get the reboot of Twilight Zone. Um, with Jordan Peele producing, which we should actually finish watching. Uh, I think we've watched one episode. We, yes, we watched one episode. We haven't really started watching <laughs> we it. We should start watching the second episode at some point. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, no, we haven't done that. Um, yeah, I think I think it's an interesting stylistic choice to do. I did not. It was not clear from the, I knew going in because I'd read about it. It was not clear from the trailer that this is an anthology film, That's which true. I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. She watched the trailer for it beforehand. And I'm wondering if they, they were intentionally hiding that or trying to put off that that fact, because that seems weird for people. Like, what do you mean it's not one story? Um, particularly when you have The Ballad of Buster Scruggs ends very suddenly, and you're watching a movie called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, and you go, wait, what? I do have to say, when we were watching the first one, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, mm-hmm. I was going, what is going on? Kevin is going to have to explain this film to me. This is one of those weird Coen Brother things. <laughs> I don't get... I think you got it. But then at the end, I, and we started the next one, I was like, oh, anthology. <laughs> Short stories. You figured it out. I got it. I got it. You're pretty I got smart. There. You know these things. Uh, not on all Cohen Brothers films. No. Like, this was not one of their more difficult to understand ones. That is certainly the case. I feel like you had a sentence there. I don't know. Is this a cinematography was really good? The yeah. Scenes, it was beautiful to watch. It was beautiful to watch. The T-Bone Burnett produced the music and it was um, instrumental except for the part of the ballads that were sung mm-hmm. in. And they were all great diegetically yeah i think that's the right use that is the right words of diegetically well done um that means the actors were singing it yes it was part of the 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 thing that was happening yes um very pretty to look at yeah um stories were well built it was just a representation yeah i uh, also yeah the racism is the worst yes but there were also no women. There were two women. There were two women. <laughs> Arguably, both of them died. Yes. They didn't have great stories. And and that's another way that yes. no, I, well, we and, yeah. the Coen did brothers, nothing. I know. The Coen brothers are not putting a lot of women in their films. No, they're period. putting Frances McDormand in their film because she's married to one. Yes. No, I'm this I'm saying not, this is an existing criticism of the Coen brothers that they are not fixing. Nor are they racially diverse films. No. As a whole. No. This is an ongoing criticism. Yes. I've never seen something as blatant. Yeah, this was rough. In a Coen brothers film. Yeah, this was this was rough in its blatant racism meanness. Um I'm surprised Frances McDormand wasn't in it. That is that is That was a surprise cuz you can at least get a Frances McDormand role out of something cuz those are are usually pretty solid. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, we had two women. Um, Annie? Is it Annie? And Alice. Alice. And the woman who got rattled, or the girl who got rattled, mm-hmm. which was not a great story. I was, was not interested. It was the racist one. I was interested in the Were story. You? Maybe okay. it was the only one with a, a, a woman protagonist <laughs> who's out on her own and being abandoned by all these men. Yeah. I again, I might have liked it had it not I l- done little with it. That's true. That's true. And then the ending was bad. Yeah. The ending was bad. The ending was racism. It was racism. Oh, also another thing: if you don't like to see violence against animals, do not don't watch, watch this movie. Film. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure all the animals were safe because of 
the regulation in the mm-hmm. U.S., but it sure didn't look like no, it. No, no. That's a little disturbing. Yeah, that would that's tough to watch. Uh, Violence Against People was also kind of brutal in some cases. Um, I think the most was in The Battle of Buster Scruggs, where it was this sort of that, that cartooniness balanced it a little bit. Um, it played against that, um, although no less violent. The girl who was rattled was again. You get to the end of each of these stories and you go, and then it ended depressingly because that's what the movie's about. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the Owen brothers are known for dark humor. Yes, but there wasn't enough humor for me to really call it dark humor, unless it's dark humor and humor on like the human condition. We're all terrible, <laughs> and we're all gonna die. We're all terrible, and we're gonna die, and everything ends. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, that they they have certainly made funnier movies uh than this this had funny moments but i would struggle to call it a comedy it was a western like that's yeah, and it doesn't have to i'm not saying that no, it has to be no. a comedy um, but there was like a dark humor element a nihilistic dark oh, humor yes. element in the end yes. of the stories yes um i kept expecting a subversion of that almost and they didn't they never really gave it to me um i i will say I really enjoyed the last segment um, because I think of how different it was from everything that had come before. I think the, mm-hmm. the, the two beginning and end segments serve really well as bookends. I thought the same thing. <laughs> I was like, that's one story element I can talk about. Yeah. Ain't no racism other than a lack of diversity. Um, but B, they worked really well as a beginning and ending to an anthology film. Um, Which is, you, you need that so it's not just a TV show. Yes. It's it needs to feel complete film. as a unit, which those did accomplish that. Um, I really enjoy dialogue-heavy movies in general where you put a bunch of actors together and just, just give them good words to say. <laughs> well, in this kind of like a bottle episode, oh, the yeah. majority of it takes place in a carriage that feels very cramped with five people inside yes. of it. Yes, and, and shot very well, because you never see the outside of it. You don't have any context of where they are. You, you do briefly see outside of it when he leans out the window to yell at the coachman, but like you feel this sort of cramped, enclosed space, like I'm stuck in here with strangers, I don't know who any of these people are, um, and they're all just talking mm-hmm. to hear themselves talk mm-hmm. <laughs> more than anything else. Um, and that was really nice and great actors in all the roles um you know tyne daly was the other woman in the movie mm-hmm. who did a lot with very little or the trapper who was somebody from north i don't know who a um, lot of people i didn't recognize yeah there's a lot of people i didn't recognize we had uh trapper Saul... is chelsea ross okay i don't know who that is i don't know who that is. I don't um or like a lot of i mean a lot of just great casting mm-hmm. Stephen Root as the banker that gets robbed was great, covered in pots. I don't, I don't know Stephen Root. Uh, he does a lot of uh, comedy work, a lot of sitcoms. He's been on a lot mm-hmm. of guest spots. Um, he was on news radio. Way back cast, when. Yeah, um, he shows up in a lot of like bit pieces. He's one of those those guys. Uh, Saul Rubachek yep. mm-hmm. was the Frenchman in the in the carriage. Rubinek. Rubinek. Um, who's great. I love him and stuff. I did recognize him. 
Yeah, that was great, great casting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the benefits of an anthology movie is it allows you to get people between shots or between other things. Like you can pull in someone. I mean, James Franco's a pretty big deal. So like getting him in a thing was like, oh, big deal. I don't care for James Franco particularly as an actor. And I think it's a better shooting schedule for the Yeah, the well, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like you show up for, a, a you know, out of a six-week shoot, you show up for four days. It's all right. Or even if you shoot it, like, in piecemeal over years, which is, I don't know that that's how this was made, but it's often the case for anthology films. Um, they shoot, you know, like the super low-budget ones by, um, oh. He's, forget the he's guy's name. looking at his DVD collection. Jim Jarmusch um, has a few anthology films to for varying for various values of anthology film jim jarmusch makes weird movies anyway um but he did like coffee and cigarettes which is a series of vignettes about coffee and cigarettes that was shot over decades just whenever he could get various people together Mm -hmm. to do a scene and it's got you know like jack black's in it and iggy pops in it and uh bill murray's in it of course because he's in a lot of jim jarmusch stuff just like bits and bobs that was just about coffee and cigarettes then filmed when he could (laughs) Well, we mentioned at least all of the segments. Good deal. Was Tom Waits the prospector? Let me check. Let me. Yes, he was. Okay. I recognized him. I don't always recognize him. He pops up in things a lot. Uh, I also don't know him. Oh, he... He's, you just recognize all the, of those. I, that I recognize guys. all the people that are that guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know that I have a lot more to say about it, but it was a good movie, except for all the racism, I, which makes it real hard yeah, to recommend. I can't recommend it. <laughs> I can't recommend it. It's just, just go watch, go watch Inside Lewin Davis. Should have known There's very little from racism the trailer, in that. but I, I hope hope springs external. It. Yeah. Yeah, I assumed things, and you know what they say about assumptions. You, you get them wrong sometimes. You get them wrong. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, that's that film. Uh, yeah. Go watch another yeah, Coen like, Brothers yeah, film. Yeah. yeah. Not this Not one. Not this one. Not this one. Um, yeah, there's there's better ones out there. There's other movies out there. Go watch a movie made by a, a native person. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. You want to talk about the Patreon? Yeah, it's hard to talk about that. It's such a bummer. <laughs> bummer podcast. of a podcast. Such a bummer. You want to hear more bummers from us? Support us on Patreon. Normally we're much more upbeat, even about the things we don't like. Yeah. I just there's there's a limit. Like you just Yeah, if it's a bad I movie, it's one better. thing. If it's yeah. racism. Mm. Yeah, bad movie earnestly mm. made. A great movie sullied by racism is just disappointing. Mm-hmm. Like you just you could have done it better. Yep. And you didn't. Yep. I'm disappointed. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed in you, Cohen Brothers. I'm a little mad. I'm a little mad. <laughs> Somebody gave a go ahead to this multiple times. Yeah, lots of people said yes. That's they the thing. They put it on their best of list too. Yeah. 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 We have a Patreon. You can yeah. support us. You can give us money at 
patreon.com slash five degrees. That's the website where you can support us. Oh, what are some of the perks? Oh, you get so many perks. There's two. There's two perks. Uh, you get bonus extra audio from before and after the episode when I haven't turned the microphone off yet. <laughs> uh, mostly it's us talking to our cat. Yeah, we had a great conversation we with did. her before. So you get started. secret bonus unedited, double unedited episodes. Through the, most of the episodes are unedited to begin with, but secret bonus audio. And you get a little, little, little peek behind the scenes of the movies we didn't watch in any given podcast. Uh, we often work, I give Amy a list of movies and you can see what movies she didn't pick. This is one repeated from previous lists. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, movies that are on any given list show up again. I try and mix old and new. And I think I think the there's a record for the movie that has shown up the, the most without having been watched yet. I haven't actually done a calculation. Oh. You want to guess what it is? You want to guess what movie uh, you've not picked the most often? I have no idea. That's fair. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'll have to watch out the next time it's on the list. Well, well if you don't know what it is, you won't know when it I, is. I'm worried. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to recognize something that was previously on the list and worried it's a record breaker here. But if you want to know what those movies are, you can support us on Patreon. Give us a buck an episode or a hundred bucks an episode. Don't give us a hundred bucks an episode. That seems that seems harmful. Um I mean, if you give us $100 an episode, I'm going to give at least $50 an episode to something worthy. Like, yeah. I don't know, races or something. Erasers? Races. R-A-I-C-E-S. Oh, oh. The, the, the... Yes. Races. <laughs> races. I can't pronounce it correctly. I think it's races. That's fair. The, the organization that helps people with immigration problems. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. <laughs> I, will, I will pass the buck, so to speak, to worthier causes but the podcast will always be free because podcasts should be free so you can just listen to us and that is support enough we appreciate it uh, you can set a max cap per uh, per month if you don't want to give us too much money overall per month you can do that or just give us a couple bucks an episode and we're really appreciative of it helps pay for hosting and for the media we consume to make more podcasts we now have a website because of it so you can go to five degrees between dot us and I'll have you know that because it's a .us domain, I can't hide my personal information on the Whois registration for it. So I am at least once a week I get a text message from someone who wants to design my website, oh. <laughs> or a phone call from someone who wants to design my website in a farm where they're just oh. clearly just scanning through like domain registrations and sending out mass texts, um, which is fine. I'm willing to deal with that, um, but I do it for you, it's our interesting patrons. That that- Happens with a .us. Yeah. Well, I, most of the country-level domains, you cannot hide the ownership thereof. Um, like my other domains, because I have a few other domains, um, you can. So I'd never got those before subscribing, before getting this particular domain. Uh, that was that was off topic. There's some behind-the-scenes goss for you. Get that hot goss. Uh Anything else I'm supposed to say about the Patreon? I think that covers it. I think cool covers everything. Technically, at the $10 tier, you can help us pick movies. Just don't tell us to watch your favorite movie, because we probably won't like it as much as you. I'm sorry. In <laughs> advance. 
I'm sorry. Well, I'm not sorry. I'm just I'm just giving you fair warning that if you're like this is the favoriteest movie of all time, we might not have the same opinion. I will take that into account in the feedback <laughs> I give. Uh, all right. We'll say good night, Amy. Good night, Amy.